let's let's begin. We make our beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we ask you to we ask you to dwell with us right now, Lord, as we come to you to just look at some of your passages in, in your word and that we're strengthened by them as we go forward. But also, Lord, just to lean on you and to put our trust in you because you are a strong deliverer. And to that end, Lord, we praise you and we glorify you in the name of your, in the precious name of your son, Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, if you will go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 45, verses 11 through 13. Isaiah 45, beginning with verse 11. This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker, concerning things to come. Do you question me about my children or give me orders about the work of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. My own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry host. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for a price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. Those are, those are powerful words for us today, especially when we, we're trying to figure out, well, how are we going to get through this? And, and how are we going to make it through? Um... And it seems like rather than getting better, it's going downhill again. And I think that's because we think we know more than God does. And so we've got to learn to respect him, that he is God Almighty, and that he is the source of all of our joy and our happiness, but also all of our existence in that way. So to that end... There's something that, that I find in this text that I'm going to cover in just a minute. But it, it, it says something about our strength to cry out to him as his children. So I want you to go now to John chapter 17, verse 24. John 17, verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me? John no. 17. No. Yeah, John 17. Verse 24. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> John 17, 24. You got it, Pastor? Yeah, I got it. 17, 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. You know, this comes in that section in John chapter 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, where he's praying for all believers. 
one of the things that, that really caught my eye as I was just kind of perusing through scripture was these words, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me. And if you think in terms of the order of this text, it's John chapter 17, but we also know that beginning, going back to John chapter 14, 15, and 16, Jesus gave us that assurance in chapter 14 that uh, where he is going, he's going to come back and bring us to be there with him. But there's a little difference in this particular text because he says, I want them to see my glory and the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Those are powerful words because we come from him. He is our crown and he is our all in all. And so when we come from him, we know that he's going to work for our good and for our betterment. And you know, the thing about it is, you know, we were talking earlier that God doesn't want us to be stupid. That's why he gave us brains, but he also gave us that grace to walk with us, and that we will invite him in to walk with us. He says this, he will lead us and guide us into all truth. Not to follow somebody else, but to follow the Holy Spirit, that he seems to dwell with us, that we, that we, you know, we pretty much receive at our baptism. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And so as we, as we make this journey, as we go through these hard times, stop for a minute and just turn and remember these words. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. And the other reason that he wants us to see that glory is to know that he is our God. Because that's what God does for us. So I want you to hold on to that. Hold on to his, un, his unchanging hand because God never changes. We're the ones who change. We're the ones who go away. And when we return, guess what? We find God right where he left, right where we left him. With his arms outstretched and he's saying to us, I love you and I will always walk with you. I want you to go to Joshua. Joshua chapter 10. Verse 12. Joshua 10, verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O moon, over the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Keep going. Go to the end. There was never, there has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. I want, I want everybody on this phone to think in terms of this. We don't have to fight a battle. We don't. God is our, is our refuge and our strength, and he's always
always there, ever present. When we go to sleep at night, guess who's watching us? When we wake up in the morning, guess who's walking with us? God Almighty. And if we can remember that, I want you to also remember this, as, as Joshua did. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, he was trying to teach Israel a lesson, and he was trying to tell them something, but he said, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Echelon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. God has a plan, and he, he intends on that coming through, but part of that plan depends on us. God wants people who will trust him, who will call on him first before they call anybody else to call on him his name. And if you're going to call on somebody, call on somebody that's going to remind you of that and going to point you in his direction so that you know that he is your ever-present help in time of trouble. Those are the things that we work with right now. Um, there's a distinction I want I want you to kind of hold on to. There's a distinction between the attitude and the hesitancy and uncertainty of our prayer of unbelief to which we become accustomed. When we do things and we don't necessarily believe them, and I, you know, I was thinking about that because sometimes we can listen to prayer and it just kind of comes out the cup and you kind of think, do we really mean that? Mm-hmm. Are there really some fear about that? And I know it's not for us to question anybody's heart, and so I don't do that. But there's a thing that, that we've grown accustomed to because we will get down on our knees, and sometimes we won't. We'll just kind of hesitate and say, oh, I don't want to bother God with that. Don't you understand that God wants everything? He wants to hear from us in everything that we're facing in this life. Now, it doesn't mean that he doesn't know. But he wants just to hear from us. He wants us to pray for, you know, wants us to do that. But then also we get into this time where we just have this constant repetition of, of our prayer. And, and then, you know, when that happens and we don't see anything going anywhere, we don't get an answer or a solution to whatever the situation is, we, we kind of slow down and we, we become unfocused. And uh, we have to recognize that God wants people who are, trust him for the cutting edge kind of stuff. This is calling us to turn to Jesus. And the times that Jesus put others in a position to command something from him. And this is one of those times. It's one of those times when, you know, things just are scary. I don't mean to put it that way. They're scary, they're confusing, and, I, and I, I heard someone when I came on the line saying, you know what, hopefully we can get back together real soon, but what if we don't? What happens? Do we give up hope? Do we give up faith? No, no we don't do that, because God is saying to us, you know what, I think it's in, in Jeremiah, where Jeremiah says, you know, um, that if we run, if we run we're not supposed to get, get weary. But he says this, he says, the race is given to those who persevere. They're not to the swift, but to those who persevere to the end. I want to stick around to the end, but I also want to persevere because I know that in my perseverance, who's helping me with that? 
nobody but Jesus, nobody but God. God is saying, you know what, I got my hand on you, and I just want you to persevere for a moment. And sometimes God will put us right there, that we have to depend on him and that we have to persevere because he didn't create us to just be objects of ourselves and in ourselves, but that we're supposed to trust him and to walk with him. So here's some instances of Jesus putting us in a place that demands that we are supposed to ask him for something. And these are, these are just examples from the scriptures. So go to Matthew chapter 24, verses 29 through 34. Is it Matthew 20 or 24? Matthew 20, I'm sorry, Matthew 20. 29 and 34. Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 29. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting on the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want, your, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. So in those times when we can't see, God can. But these two men were blind, and everybody wanted them to shut up and not call out to him. But his words in verse 32 was, what do you want me to do for you? And their response was, Lord, we want to, we don't want our sight. And you know, there's, there's a time when we're going through these dark days that we don't see what God can see, and we never will see what God can see. But the thing is, is that we have to know and our faith be strengthened to know that God sees everything and that he's working it out in our behalf. So be mindful of that as you sometimes want to falter. And, and if you want to pray that word, you know, you, we can pray the scriptures. And I'm going to tell you this. Pray that passage, 20, uh, Matthew 20, 29 to 34. Just that passage, Lord, and, and you'll hear yourself saying, saying to God what you want, and it'll come easier. Every time you go on your knees, you'll be able, you'll be able to tell them what you want. And I, I, today, I know that, um, I know that Gwen picked up our books for our breakthrough, 21 days of breakthrough in prayer, and I'm working on that one, so uh, watch for your email on that, because it's coming out, and I think we're supposed to start on July the 6th. No, yeah, July the 6th. Yeah, July the 6th is when we're going to start that, and we're going to go through that for 21 days. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just want you to be aware of that, and I want you to know that God is just kind of laying it on us in a way that, that we can only turn to him, and we've got to tell him what we want. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like this, and I used to go to my mother and my father, and they would say, okay, well, what you want? And I, I would just kind of clam up, because I didn't necessarily want them to know what I wanted, but I couldn't get it unless I told them. <laughs> 
and and that was what my those were my father's words. He said, "If you don't tell me, I don't know." And I go, "Okay." And I guess I got that attitude sometimes with God, because sometimes it becomes very difficult for me to open my mouth. And I like I want to blame it on me being somewhat shy, but I also don't want to blame it on that. Maybe I'm just a little bit stubborn. I don't know. Maybe I'm not worthy that I, that I can ask God for anything, and He will hear me. And if it's in His plan for me, He will deliver it for me. I don't know, but I do know one thing: I won't know until I learn and ask. And that's what we won't know. We won't know that until we learn to ask Him what He what we want, and then He will show us. And won't we be surprised when God opens up and gives us the desires of our heart? Yeah, won't we be amazed when he opens it up and pours it out a blessing from heaven that we can't handle? And that's the other part of it. You know, God, God, when God starts to give, it's kind of like he doesn't know how to stop. But he doesn't give it all for us to call to ourselves. He gives it so that we can share in proportion to somebody else. Yeah. And that's our stewardship to one another. So I, I, I want you to be mindful of that, and I want you to treasure those words in your heart. What do you want me to do for you? And then they told him. Now let's go to um, Mark. Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 24 and going to the end of that chapter. Yeah to the chapter or the end of the section. End of that section, I'm sorry. Where's the word, man? Yeah, end of the section. Uh, over to what is that? The verse 30? Verse 30. Mm-hmm. 30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mark chapter 7. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Cyrenian, Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the little children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Did you you get the magnitude of this? (laughs) That little girl was not there with him. She went to Jesus by herself. And the other part of that was... um, that she was kind of doubting at first, but then she stood strong, and she said in that verse 27, when Jesus said to her, first let the little children eat all they want, he told her, or it is not right to take their children's bread and toss it to their dogs. But then he goes on and he says, she says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she went home and found her daughter was lying on the bed and the demon was gone. You know, sometimes God didn't have to put his hands on us. Why doesn't he have to do that? Because he's omniscient. 
real blessings that people need right now. They need a blessing of a peace of mind and their hearts to be unburdened. And when you can speak that kind of love to someone and that also those words of assurance, and people can know that you're in you're in this you're in it with God, you know that that can remove a lot of their pain and agony and suffering. And this is a time where we need to speak those kinds of words to one another. Um, the time where, you know, this thing with the racial bigotry and all of that stuff that's going on, we're turning it into us against them. And I'm pretty sure that God is sitting on his throne in heaven and Jesus right beside him and saying, that ain't right. That's not what you died on the cross for, Jesus. Now let me go down there and take care of them. Let me just wipe them away. In case you hear Jesus saying, the Father, Father, give them another chance. I died for them. Just give them another chance. Just give them a moment longer. They'll come through this okay. And I think that we will, because I, I'm seeing that there's a coming together in places that we've never seen before. There's a joy that I have in my heart right now today, that when we come through this, and I believe that we will come through it, you just got to be obedient people and not rush God and give God the opportunity to take out his full season upon us. Uh, and, and just a word about seasons, because when I was in seminary, I learned something. I learned that we do have seasons in our lives where there's good times and there's bad times and up times and there's down times. And I can remember experiencing racism in the seminary. Oh, yeah, it happened, and it's in the Lutheran Church all over the place. But one of the things that happened was there was a pastor that was trying to get me put out of the seminary, and he tried everything that he could. And the more he tried, the more God sent my blessings my way. He sent me blessings beyond blessings. And he was proven wrong because he tried to say, you're not a Lutheran, you're something else. And I couldn't help that I could out-preach that brother. <laughs> I, I couldn't help that I could out-teach that brother. I, I'm sorry, I couldn't. And it wasn't on me. That was, that was God that was doing that. But he was trying his darndest to get me out. And finally, they just told him, you know what, you need to be quiet because you're barking up the wrong tree. And I wanted to go and tell that man something from the bottom of my heart, and, and, and I probably would have if I hadn't listened to Jesus. <laughs> but I heard, and, and I didn't hear Jesus speaking these powerful words, but Dr. Dickinson from, from St. Louis called me up and he said, I hear you having trouble up there. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Dr. Dickinson, I am. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you something. And he said, I can imagine how you feel. And I said, yeah, I want to go down there and tear, tear his face off. And he said, well, don't do that. He said, but I tell you what, you feel like it once you get the same title before your name and the same initials that he's got behind his name, then you can tell him, but you won't tell him in the manner that you think you're going to tell him. And Lord have mercy, it turned out that way. Because I had a chance to look at him and tell him, but I didn't, I didn't rip his face off, I didn't punch his lights out, but I told him in such a way that he knew that I knew what he had tried to do, but he had not prevailed because Jesus was the one who was in charge of me at that particular point in time. So I'm just going to give it to you that way. I, I know that we, we would love to be in a room with, uh, what's that guy's name? 
but also let us know that as we come together in times like this, we can hear that everyone is okay. And Father, we pray that you would make July 3rd come forward, that we can just be able to come together and, and be able to see each other. So Father, we ask you for that blessing today. And we pray for all those that might yield to your will, that they're strengthened in your grace. Give us youth today to teach and to train in the way that you would have them to go. And Father, today as our church, our church body, the Lutheran Church of Missouri Center, is scrambling, trying to deal with this issue of race in their own church body. We pray, God, that you will let truth prevail above all things, and that you will let right prevail. Father, there's no reason that we have to go through these times of bigotry and call ourselves Christian and then treat somebody else like a dog. So, Father, we pray that you will deliver us in your love and your grace and your mercy. And to that end, Lord, we praise and glorify you for all that you are doing and all that you have done. And, Father, as we just spend this moment in silent prayer, I ask you to hear the prayers of your people today, the concerns of their hearts, the love that they have in their heart for you, but also that that love may overflow from them into somebody else. Hear us, Father, as we pray.